Hey everybody, welcome back to Last Night in Vegas. I'm your host, Brian Ortega, and today we are talking about a brand new lounge that has hit the Las Vegas Strip. I am talking about the Pinky Ring by Bruno Mars over at the Bellagio. Um, in this episode, I'm actually going to be talking about what it looks like on the inside, what kind of the, you know, the, the, the room setup is in terms of pricing because they do have a lot of booths they also have a couple different uh table setups they have a live band dj and all that good stuff so i'm going to describe my experience going to pinky ring for the first time which is the brand new lounge at the bellagio hotel and casino okay everybody so let's just go ahead and dive right into it so the pinky ring by bruno mars it's overtaking a spot that used to be called lily which was the Center Lounge over at the Bellagio for the longest time. Honestly, kind of overrated. I've been in there, you know, twice. Uh, and honestly, it's not worth it. That's why I've only been twice. Um, it's funny because I actually tried to, like, roast somebody on TikTok for only going to the Fountain Blue twice. Um, which I think is is valid just because this person is, like, a Vegas person. And they're talking about how the Fountain Blue looks and so on and so forth. And they're like, I've only literally been there twice. Which... I mean, cool, but like maybe you're not, you know, uh, qualified to make those uh, very, you know, demeaning comments on how a hotel does. Maybe go there more than twice. But anyways, um, by the way, update on that. Uh, last couple times I've been to Fountain Blue, pretty busy. I went on Valentine's Day. It was quite busy, which normally it's going to be busy in a rest in a hotel when it is on Valentine's Day. Uh, but it was Wednesday, which is a very, very slow day on the Las Vegas calendar. Um, I also went on a Saturday and sort of midday, uh, which was actually quite busy. So I think they're picking up. I think they're trying to figure out, they're figuring it out. They're figuring out what they are. And I think they're on the right track, but this is not a fountain blue pod. We are talking about the new lounge over at the Bellagio. So Pinkering was announced about a year ago. Um, I know that they were supposed to actually put Bruno Mars's lounge over at the Mirage, but with the Mirage being sold and no longer at MGM property, Bruno Mars performs at the Dolby Theater at Park MGM. He probably wanted to be part of an MGM property. So they actually shifted this and chose the Lily Bar over at the Bellagio for his new spot. So it's been under construction for quite a while. And they redid the entire inside of the Lily Bar. I think they really utilized the space really, really well. And I think it's really driving to the correct clientele, which is people who are my age. I'm about 31. So people like me who enjoy Bruno Mars, enjoy that sort of style. But also really sort of hitting that older demographic of people in their 40s, their 50s, early 60s. My mom loves Bruno Mars, so I, I know that's not always something that artists want to hear, but it's good in terms of, you know, marketing because he really sort of exudes this old school funk, like 70s, 80s vibe, but with really modern music, obviously. So people love Bruno Mars. They love being able to dance to his music, and I think he's really going to do well with this demographic because the Bellagio's demographic is exactly that sort of age group. You're going to get people that are more mature, maybe retirees, people who are in their 40s, 50s, 60s with disposable income who are going to want to go to a place where they can dance that isn't a nightclub. And I think I'm going to do this on my next pod where I'm going to talk about the top things that I'm excited for Vegas and the things that I'm not so excited about at Vegas going forward. Just because I think there are really exciting things coming to town that I've already kind of are here, but I think it's sort of going back to that sort of 1950s, 60s vibe. I think I was talking to 
um, a stranger somewhere. And I told them that, you know, Vegas is really going back to sort of this sort of Copacabana sort of style restaurant entertainment all in one feature because so many millennials really want and really millennials are what's driving what we're having in Las Vegas. It always ends up being who are the young demographic that has money that has, you know, that will come to Las Vegas because Vegas is always trying to reinvent itself and be ahead of the curve on a lot of different things, which is fantastic. But again, if that's not you, then you're getting pushed out. It's just sort of that's the way the cookie crumbles. But again, for the longest time, it was baby boomers. It was Gen X for the longest time. Gen X for the longest time was what drove Las Vegas in terms of what they were building. They were building lots of, you know, dinner, you know, restaurants with shows, with, you know, uh, you know, deals that was sort of a big, a huge deal for the longest time. But now we understand that Vegas is becoming more expensive. It's more of a luxury destination. And millennials understand this and they know that coming in, but they want value. They want to see value for what they are spending. So it's a very unique sort of space for millennials that they're not always spending a lot of money. They don't want to spend a lot of money, but they are always looking for value and they're always looking for experiences. I think that's the biggest thing about the millennial generation, which I'm sort of in the heart of, that they will do an experience as long as they see value in what they are paying for. Uh, for example, me, myself, I'm not trying to spend $100 for a steak. Um, you guys follow me a lot. Um, I try to do sort of the happy medium between affordable stuff that's maybe a little bit more expensive, but affordable and approachable. I'm not trying to get, you know, that cr the crazy, crazy experience just because, again, it's not what everybody can do or afford or, you know, experience when they come to Vegas. So I try to sort of catch the medium of something that's doable, maybe just a slight, a slight touch luxurious, but very approachable. Uh, and I think millennials are like that. Millennials want to see value for what they're paying for, a bang for their buck, if you will. Um, again, I'm not paying $100 for a steak because then I add it up in my head. 100 bucks for a steak, then I got to spend $20 for a cocktail, maybe 20 bucks on a side. I'm already at $140 and I haven't even done dessert or an appetizer yet. So I don't see value in that. But if you say, hey, you can get, you know, bottle service at, for example, Pinky Ring, which is what we'll talk about next. Um, and let's just say it's a certain amount. I say, hey, like I can put that between two people. That's for the whole night. It's good. I like that. That's fine. People will pay for that. And I think we're sort of making our way towards that. But that's just sort of my little tangent on where we are going as a city. But let's get back to Pinky Ring itself. So Pinky Ring is actually enclosed. So you cannot see from the outside in. It is an enclosed space, which again, I've been telling everybody that this is sort of the direction that many restaurants, lounges, uh, bars are going to. They're going to this enclosed space because then they can really encapsulate what they want, the vibe inside of one spot where it doesn't have that sort of, you know, open concept that a lot of uh, older restaurants had or lounges had in Las Vegas. They want to create exclusivity. And that's really what this is because right when you walk up to the main door, it says no phone usage, pictures or videos inside, which you're going a lot to this. Like Delilah's has sort of built up this mystique about it that you don't know what's going on inside. They're a little bit, they're pretty, they're pretty lenient to be honest when you go to Delilah's, as long as you're not, you know, using flash, as long as it's not too, too bright, um, you are able to, you know, take pictures on the inside. Um, I've done it before. Uh, but 
This place, no phone usage. I went, I might have clipped a little video, but you never know. Um, but uh, I'm not going to share it or anything. Uh, but I did go and I did check it out. And it's cool. So I walked in. They open, just so everybody knows. Uh, they open at 5 o'clock. And then they're open till whenever they close, which is typically about, you know, midnight, 1 o'clock. Always depends. Usually during the week, midnight is kind of like that time that they're like, all right, like we're done. Um, usually one ish is for the evenings uh sorry for for the uh, weekends so they're open from five to late um they are open from da -da 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 -da. um i close the window um they are open from monday to thursday at a certain time and then from friday to saturday at a certain time which again that's they're always open so they're open every single day after five o'clock the closing times are the ones that do change so they do have a live band. Their live band will play between 8 and 11 p.m. And also their DJ will be daily. And that is from 5 p.m. to close. So it will depend on the day that you go if they have live music. So typically live music in Vegas will be played on Fridays and Saturdays 100% for sure. Sometimes they'll extend it to Thursday or Sundays. So it really just depends on which day they decide that they want to actually have a live band uh, on hand so typically i would say thursday pretty good shot at it sunday also pretty good shot at it but definitely fridays and saturdays they will have a live band so it's not just any live band the live band is actually known as the hooligans these are the sort of backing band for bruno mars um he is that they are actually hired separately from the actual band that plays with bruno mars but uh bruno mars does have a very large a very large, um, what's what I'm looking for? He has a lot of control on who actually plays in his lounge. So don't walk up like this one guy did and say, hey, I'm a musician. I'm looking for, you know, a job. Uh, are they hiring? Uh, don't be that guy. But either way, they were there when I was there. I went on a Saturday just to check it out. It was actually its first full Saturday being open, which when I walked up, which is around, I would say, 7.30, 8 o'clock. Yeah, I want to say it was about 8 o'clock because I was trying to, like, eat after, but, you know, it got stuck. But I walked up. All I did was say, hey, I want to check it out. just want to sit at the bar. It's always kind of like my go-to phrase. I just want to go, you know, sit at the bar, if you like, or go to the bar. And they say, yeah, sure, go right, out, right ahead. And so they do have a hostess stand. Don't get stuck at the hostess stand because the hostess stand, they're there for tables, lounge chairs, not lounge chairs, but tables, loungers that whole thing booths that's what their job is they do have security that is right there right next to it and then i ended up walking in and as you walk in you see all of his grammys sort of lining the hallway as you walk into the actual lounge itself so when you walk into the lounge itself first thing that i saw was that it is a very dark very smoky and when I say smoky, it's sort of that like theatrical smoke that sort of makes it that sort of smoky feel. It really feels like you're stepping into like the late 70s and 80s. And it has sort of these like pops of like light pink, but it's very dark. So you can't really make out a lot of the colors. But I have, you know, seen videos of it with actually the lights up, which has sort of these like deep reds and these golds with these very nice uh, windows, uh, not window, um, mirror against the bar, which is really cool. It really has that sort of very like, you know, disco feel to it. It feels very, when I walked in and I was actually standing at the bar, it has a very, um, like if you've ever seen the movie Scarface with Al Pacino and they go to the Babylon Club is what it's known as. 
it looks just like that. It looks just like sort of that old school Miami lounge nightclub look with sort of that sunken dance floor that's right in the center of the club, which is very, very fun. Um, they have booths around the table, around the dance floor, excuse me. And then it has sort of this upper level where they have these spots for couples. So uh, for those couple seats, those do have spending minimums. So they do have spending minimums for most of their seated areas inside of the lounge. It's very much a hybrid like nightclub lounge space, which we call an ultra lounge, which we're kind of coming back now, which is actually really, really fun. So as I'm talking about Pinky uh, Pinky Ring, um, I don't know if I like the name, by the way. It doesn't really like roll off the tongue like Pinky Ring. Like, hey, where'd you go? Pinky Ring. It's like, hey, you're trying too hard. Um, would have liked to see something a little bit different. Do I have the answer? No, I don't. But as I'm kind of just walking, just sort of glancing through, one major thing that you have to know going into Pinky Ring, if you are a single person, they do not have chairs at the bar. And I actually understand it at this place. I do get why they don't have uh, chairs at the bar at Pinky Ring because there's there's music that you can dance to, but once the band starts going, it really is a space where you do not want chairs. You don't want people sitting there. It really sort of bogs down the energy. And I'm a big, big fan of chairs at bars just to hang out, chill, have a drink. But I totally understand that in this place that they do not have chairs. They don't want you congregating. I mean, people congregate anyways because there's only so much space. That's typically where the most space is, by the way, is going to be in the area by the bar. So if you walk in, it's on the opposite side of the actual lounge. You have the one bar. There's only one bar. Uh, multiple bartenders. They had four bartenders, which were really, really fast. They can make really, really good cocktails. Really, really happy with how they made my cocktail. I ended up getting the uh, getting an old-fashioned, obviously, and they made it perfect twice. So kudos to them. So I was in there about, you know, 8 o'clock-ish, 7.30, 8 o'clock. DJ was going. Really on-brand music. Really, really enjoyed it. They had a lot of, like, you know, Cool in the Gang. They had a lot of, you know, Rick James. Um, they had uh, like Donna Summer. So they had a lot of music that really went with the vibe of the actual lounge. They do not serve food here. So this is very, very important to eat before you come or eat after. You are not eating inside of the lounge, which I think is fine. I'm okay with it. They have little snacks for people who are sitting at the loungers and, like, the, um, the booths. But no food. So no, no food. So I'm just kind of reading this off of their website that they do have walk-in reservations between 5 p.m. and 8, which means that's walking up to the lounge itself and making the reservation in person. Um, they do have a requirement that if you do book online, which I recommend that you do that, you can do that by going to Bellagio's website, Bellagio.com, um, or just going to Bellagio and type it in on Google. Go to the pinky ring. You are going to have to click on reservations and then you're going to have to click on a little tab at the top that also has where it says venue and then as you click venue it'll actually have a whole calendar of dates that you can pick some dates will be blocked out you know that because when you click on the date the option for any of the booths center stage upper lounge or champagne room will not open or they won't even be there um, so it really just depends on the date that you go um, also prices are dynamic so they will change depending on the day that you choose so I picked a random date. I picked March 22nd, which that's in a month from when I'm doing this recording, and that is on a Friday. To just give you an idea, the most affordable option is going to be doo -doo 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 -doo. the most affordable option is actually going to be the 
up uh, the upper lounge, which seats two people. So that was actually a couple was sitting there who just got married. So congratulations. Um, very nice. They drink champagne. And then also a guy had a seltzer water. It was so on brand. Uh, they were also middle-aged, so good for them as well. Finding love at any age is always good. But the upper lounge area, which seats up to two people, and you have to be there by 9 o'clock, and this is for basically the entire uh, lounge, uh, they have a spending minimum. Their spending minimum would have been $300 on this Friday night. Um, obviously, these prices can go up as they start selling out. So 300 bucks minimum spend, and you can have maximum of two people. So you break that down. It's about 150 per person. Kind of easily can get there and comfortably, and you don't have to get too, too nuts. Um, there's also not a time limit on this, which brings me back to, let's just sort of tangent here for a second. Why do not Easy's, uh, Easy Speakeasy, which is over at the Aria? I've also heard this from another person. That place is super annoying. It's way too dark, way too dark, not enough lighting. Also, they do not have bars that they don't, they do not have chairs at their bar, which is a very small bar. Semi understand why they don't have it, but again, don't like it. Their bar is right next to a pillar. So if you're sitting, standing at the bar, you cannot see the stage sometimes, which is, you know, terrible. I understand they built it in a space that used to be the buffet, but I'm just saying. And also, they have a time limit. They have a time limit on if you even buy a table. You buy a table, they say you have an you have an hour and a half. You have an hour and a half to sit there and then still have this minimum, this crazy minimum, like 300, 400 bucks. It's like, come on, guys. Like, this is what people think when they say they hate being nickel and dimed in Las Vegas. People will pay $500 for that seat for as long as they want in that evening. But once you start putting a time limit on them, come on, guys. That's nickel and diming. I do not like it. That's the part of Vegas I am really not happy about. Set a price. Someone will pay for it. Just be cool, man. Like, just it's nickel and diming is terrible. But anyways, their upper lounge, $300 here at Pinky Ring. And again, $300 minimum spend. And that's, you know, you can get cocktails. You can get a bottle. Don't recommend a bottle, but you can. At $300, I would not recommend a bottle because you can get a lot of mixed drinks for that. Let's, let's just pull out the calculator. Each of the drinks in a lounge on, this, on the Las Vegas Strip is going to average about $20. So let's just go ahead and take $300 divided by, let's just say $22. You can get 13 drinks. So we cut that in half. 6.8 drinks. So you can get essentially seven drinks for that. So that's very doable. Like that's actually not bad. Because um, I would drink three, four, five. That six old fashions is a lot for me. That, I mean, that, that's to the level of, like, not driving home. Not at all. Um, and if you get two people, I mean, you guys can, you know, mix in a shot here or two. It's very doable. 300 bucks is quite reasonable, I think, for a nice lounge seat. Because, again, it's all gold. When you get up there, it's all gold, you know, gold real estate if you can sit down. And if you can have a seat to go to, it's very, very nice. You get a nice uh, cocktail waitress. All goes along with the vibes. So I think that is actually... Not a terrible price for two seats at this type of lounge. Live music. You can go dancing if you want. Good little space. It's going to be more mature clientele, I believe, in, in this case. Because young people, I think, aren't going to enjoy sort of like a lot of the meandering that you have to do. Um, so I think that's actually very doable. They do have seating for up to seven people at the upper lounge tables, which those sort of uh, sprinkle sort of the back wall as well as sort of like that area as well. Um, sort of the back level because it's sort of... 
it's round shaped and then the stage itself is at actually at one far end which you know can see from multiple angles but those upper lounge tables are for seven guests 500 bucks minimum spent so really when you break that down it's actually not terrible if you break you know Let's just say you got four guests. We'll do the math on four guests at $500. Everybody knows I'm really bad at math. So 500 divided by four, it's about $125 a person. I mean, if that's sort of like your night out thing to do, very, very doable. And again, if you push that to seven people, I mean, that's even less. So that's actually a very, very good rate. $500 minimum spend for you know a really fun night out. And I think this is a very good example of a place that's for mature people who want to dance. This has already skyrocketed to my level of if someone says, hey, we want to dance tonight, we want to have a good time, what would you recommend? I don't want to go to a nightclub. I would 100% recommend the Pinky Ring. There's a room to dance. They encourage it. It's a fun space. And again, it's easy to get in and out of. Of course, it's going to get busy on certain nights. There was a huge line when I was out there. So it's you know kind of limited space. you got to get there at certain times. But you can alleviate it by getting a table. So definitely something to do if you want to uh, check this place out. So that's the upper lounge chairs. Um, then we do have the booths, which the booths do align the outside area. Those are $1,000 minimum spend. Booths tend to be just a little bit larger, but these are against the wall. So these are actually not close to the stage itself. They are around the bar itself because the bar is sort of a big, giant square. But it does sort of look like an oval once you get inside of there. So $1,000 minimum spend for a booth. It is what it is. They have a champagne room, which I do not know where that was. It might be in like the back corner somewhere. Don't really know. Uh, but their champagne room seats up to 20 people, and that's $3,000 minimum spend. So might have to go back again, just sort of look specifically for the champagne room, because when I was there, I was kind of just taking it all in. Huge crowd. Big crowd on a Saturday night. Uh, but, you know, it's still walkable. I got out of there before it got too crazy. Um, let's look at center stage. Center stage, they do have a bunch of like little sort of sort of lounge booths kind of things that they are actually sort of sunk into where the dance floor is. So you will be sort of a, directly around the dance floor. Um, those are a $1,000 minimum spend and seat up to six guests. Kind of is what it is. Once you get to sort of that level of where you are, like center stage, they can kind of charge you whatever they want. So theirs is a $1,000 minimum spend on a Friday. Not terrible. If this is like the one thing that you're going to be doing that night. It's doable. Eh, it's a thousand kind of a stretch. Eh, maybe. But split that among six of you, see what you come out with. But again, that's definitely very doable for a place like this. And I think if you're somebody of this sort of demographic, this is your nightclub. This is where you're going to party. And this is what this is actually lower than what the going rate is for like a nightclub in Las Vegas. Most nightclubs in Vegas, you're looking at 1500 for four people. You're getting a thousand. You can get up to six guests. And also you are center stage. Probably the best seating in the house. I think that's actually not too bad of a price for somebody who's trying to have a good time here in Vegas. So, again, that's the pricing for any of the pinky ring lounges, uh, pinky ring seating areas, which, again, would I go back to this place? 100%. I would definitely go here. They do say fashionable attire. You're going to get a lot of old people in there who probably like bought a table, so they may not be dressed appropriately. But do your best. Try to be fashion forward. I mean, can you wear Jordans? Sure, just make sure they're clean. Obviously, it depends on what else is going on with the rest of your outfit. So if you have, you know, maybe some nice, you know, fitted jeans, if you have a nice, you know, shirt, collars always go a long way. But again, if you are somebody who is muscular and looks like, you know, 
Chris Pine. That was a weird one to choose. Um, one of the Hemsworth brothers. Uh, yeah, you could probably get away with just wearing a black shirt and you'll be fine. Uh, they just don't like graphic tees. That's the biggest thing. But overall, I had a really great time at Pinky Ring. I would definitely check the website if you're going to be booking any of their spots. They do have sort of like a nightclub host, um, which they don't have a specific one yet. So I don't want to throw out any names yet uh, before you know I get the actual person. But Highly recommend if you are going to be walking in to walk in early. I would get there at least 7 o'clock. 9 o'clock is when they actually require you to be there for your tables. And then if you are not there by 10 o'clock, they will release them. And, yes, you will probably be charged. So just keep that in mind. It even says it here. Deposits are non-refundable. Tables will be released if there is no check-in by 10. And again, that's very, very important to keep note of that when you make these reservations. But again, overall, Pinky Ring by Bruno Mars at the Bellagio I think will be a success. I think it will be a hit with the crowd who goes to the Bellagio. People who go to the win might even frequent the Bellagio just to go to Pinky Ring who want to dance. Because the one thing that Delilah doesn't have is a dance floor for you to dance at, at least during the weekdays when I go. So again, Pinky Ring at the Bruno, at Bruno Mars at the Bellagio, top-notch. Would highly recommend it. I would give it four cross keys if I did ratings like that. Would you guys like ratings like that? If I do those ratings, um, please tell me if I should do ratings for places because maybe that'll be a nice little little topic to have on Last Night in Vegas. And again, check out all of our latest videos on any of our social channels, Concerts Confidential underscore LV, which you can find on Instagram. You can find me on TikTok at Keys to Vegas for all of our latest videos. We haven't posted a lot in a while, but it was a Super Bowl, so really, really busy. But we're really going to get back to it and show you guys different parts of Vegas that I think will be really, really fun to see. So again, this was Last Night in Vegas. I'm your host, Brian Ortega. If you see me out in town, come say hello. Maybe I'll get you a drink. And remember, keep it confidential.